0: to the New york mystery machine home,
1: but, for good. But, but
0: why is that be so loud
1: why? you're welcome
0: there's like a good portion of our listeners listen to this episode like between the hours of 5 a.m and, and now you're awake you're welcome and I'm pretty sure like yeah if Christina doesn't like scream my
1: ear at eight o'clock in the morning I don't wake up yeah I'm <laughs> a great alarm system guys you're welcome. Oh my
0: gosh. Um so excited to uh to get into some more more uh, creepy tales. I have no idea what what today's story is by the way. Ha-ha. I don't remember what you had meant. Usually we're like, "Oh, what are you doing this week?" and we recall, but I literally forgot. What you had said you're covering this week, so it's gonna be a brand new. I think
1: I was vague. I think I was actually vague about it. I think you're pretty it. vague
0: about it. Um, but before we get into, it, I do, I do want to give our quick shouts to our patrons. And uh, last week I gave a whole big all plea for why you should join our Patreon. So <laughs> thanks for those who listened. Thanks for those who actually signed up for Patreon from from then. And um, we're excited to continue giving some some uh, bonus Patreon exclusive episodes and other things like stickers. Like i I'm, we're sitting in our recording studio and the stickers are sitting in front of me. And They're just, real nice. I just look at them like, look at this thing. Um, but we're also working on, little little side note, we're also working on some new merch, trying to find a new home for where we we'll, will sell that merch. Yeah. Um, but looking at getting some t-shirts um, that clearly play on town Hall, but for ghosts, <laughs> or something for ghosts. I
1: feel like we have a lot of something for ghosts. Yeah,
0: like, you know.
1: Forgetting them now, but there was a couple in, like, Theodosia, like.
0: Yeah. It's like Valentine's Day's But ghosts. for ghosts. <laughs> it's always gonna be a but for ghosts. <laughs> I think that's that's the that's the that's the tagline. Like that's like I would I would wear that as a pin. Like dot 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 but for but ghosts. But for ghosts. I think that's a really funny pin. That would be very funny. I'm gonna find someone to make some I pins that say that. Yes. Dot 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 but for ghosts. Uh, but yeah, that'll be coming out in the next as the spring approaches. We're gonna start rolling that out. We're still trying to to find the best uh, platform to sell those on. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I know a few people have mentioned saying that they would want a New York Mystery Machine T shirt with our incredible logo, um, with us and the the goal Mystery Machines so, and Tedward uh, and Tedward, the the best little creature in all the He's so good. because a good boy. Um, but yeah, so we're doing that. And um, all right, Christina. Yes. Where are we going? What's happening? Where are we?
1: Well, we're in New York City. Proper. Proper.
0: Manhattan, if you will.
1: Manhattan. Um, uh, with a little bit of Hudson we learned, Valley.
0: We we learned I, I sent to Christina <laughs> when we look at our, our um our numbers, it it breaks down where our listeners come from in New York, um, by the the neighbor, like the quote unquote the city. Right. Um, and so number one is Brooklyn number two is the Bronx number three is New York number four is Queens <laughs> number five is Staten Island and then that is a lot of places in upstate and Long Island and whatnot but I'm like <laughs> do they not know it's called Manhattan like do they just do they not know they don't know
1: they didn't figure that one out it's like
0: it's the, I'm like I'm Certain they mean Manhattan by right. by New York because it's the only it's the only spot missing. I know for a fact people in Manhattan listen yeah. to the show. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's author. terrific. Um, speaking of, before we get into the meat of this, but speaking of um, places that are called by incorrect names, I'd like to return to something from last week. Uh, Nomad, which is a stupid name for the area of Manhattan. <laughs>
0: Did you look this I up? looked
1: it up. I looked it up. It uh, it, it is Madison Square North.
0: Oh, I I prefer Nomad. <laughs> no. No, I will
1: scream so hard into this microphone. We cannot keep making up stupid acronyms. But Nomad existed for many years. No, that's relatively new.
0: Nomad has not Mm, been relatively new. mm. When did (laughs) Nomad... uh,
1: It's like FIDI. Don't call it FIDI. It's the financial district. um,
0: This article says from 2012, it says over 13 years ago. So in like 1999.
1: It's very recent.
0: So, 1999, they started referring to it as Nomad. In
1: 2019, the New York Times writes, although the term Nomad has been used intermittently for about two decades to refer to the area immediately north of Madison Square Park, many New Yorkers remain unfamiliar with it and the location. So, it's a stupid name, and I stand by that.
0: Okay. I'm not going to... This is not the hill I'm dying on.
1: Okay. (laughs) I am nothing if not committed to dying on, like... Etymological. So, I will,
0: I, you can take it. I will not. You, you'll have this one. That's, it's certainly not a hill I'm, I'm dying on. There's other hills I will die on. Not this is one. not it.
1: Um, well, Adam, we're in uh, New York today. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we are uh, also going to spend a little time in Manhattan, a little time in the Hudson Valley. We might go out to Montana briefly. Um, <laughs>
0: Montana is not New York. I
1: know. I'm just throwing it in there. Also, San Francisco, guys. Anyway, Adam, how would you define a cult? <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest
0: The weirdest prompt I've ever been given, how do you describe a cult. Um, I would think it's a group of people gathered under leadership mm-hmm. um, that are promised something that is not fully the intention of the leader
1: oh okay all right i think
0: that because i think any other way you describe it it um it's not a cult like if it's a group of people working towards something that could be an ensemble that could be right a a workforce Mm -hmm. but i think the thing is most people don't people don't join cults Mm -hmm. like they don't like oh i joined the cult right people like i joined this group right in their brain it's not a cult but on the outside it's we can identify we identify as a cult because we know that it's a group of people working under a head of organization, mm-hmm. and they're pro- the head of the organization is promising one thing, but it's really something totally different that is being presented.
1: It's sort of a bait and switch what, of what yeah, the promise is versus what you're getting. Yeah, whether getting. it be
0: like, I mean, I know that there, there was a really famous one out of New York, Nixium, mm-hmm. uh, where they're being promised leadership skills, and it was not right. leadership skills that they were right. getting. Yeah. A lot of people are promised like heaven, right? That was that right. mass suicide one that happened. Where... Jo- uh,
1: Jonestown? No. Jo- ja. Is that Jonestown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, there was a mass suicide, yeah. we all promised to cross over together, right? Right. So these people are being promised one thing, but it's really – they're having the, the wool pull over their heads.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a solid, solid definition. Um, there are other characteristics as well that we tend to associate with cults. Um, so – uh Robert J Lifton a psychiatrist and former instructor at Harvard Medical wrote a paper in the 1980s called cult formation and he broke down like, three characteristics which I think overlap really well with the definition the definition the definition that uh, you just gave um so one you need a charismatic leader right and over time they become more and more the object of worship or attention um at the same time that the general principles that brought people together start to lose power mm-hmm. and, and hold, right? Um, and this living person, generally a living person, ends up being the most important defining element of the group, source of power, authority, etc. Um, there's often a process of indoctrination or re-education, right? So this is what we might call brainwashing. It's coercive persuasion or quote-unquote thought reform, And then the other characteristic that we often see is economic, sexual, or other exploitations, um, usually done to the members of the group at the hands of or behest of the aforementioned charismatic leader and their elite cronies, et cetera. And it's interesting to note, I think, that at least some groups that were once considered sort of cults are now considered religions proper Mm. um so when mormonism for example started out a lot of people were like oh this is some sort of crazy cult and because it it kept to certain principles even after its founder dies people are comfortable calling it a religion Mm -hmm. um the difference being like scientology i mean hubbard died. But somehow there's still a living leader from whom all of that, like, single source, it's not like power being disseminated into a structure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess my big question, too, is then, you know, what is the difference between cult and religion, right? Because, like, I guess in most religions, the re- the, the, the leaders believe the thing they're preaching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, you know, like you think about in Christianity they the leaders of the, the or Catholicism, per se. That's the one I know more yeah. of. The, the the leaders believe this and want us to believe that as well, right? Um, so then to make it a cult, in theory, that means that the leader must not believe the things they're mm-hmm. throwing out there, yeah, or or believing something else,
1: right? Yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. Um, and I think, too, with that is. Yeah, I think that line between religion and cult is actually kind of a really interesting one, line, yeah. right? Um, so so by way of giving a little PSA as well for anyone who's like thinking about cults, um, things to look out for, absolute authoritarianism, but no real accountability for that person. No room for questioning, not allowed to, you know, question that authority or the ideas. No real financial disclosure at any point is key. Um a creation of unreasonable fear of the outside world, outside that community. Um, and uh, essentially anyone who leaves uh, being labeled as evil or misguided, or if you want to use Scientology's term, suppressive personalities.
0: Or, if you know, gosh, I was just trying to, I just used, I listened to things you said and started putting it into the lens of Catholicism. I know, I'm really, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean... We really don't know how much money the church has we just kind of like say yeah I guess we're... Well, no. it's kind of crazy i'm not going to take this platform to talk about religions and and whatnot but it's just it's interesting when once you say it's a very fine line it really is a very fine line
1: yeah yeah um so to your point too one thing about cults are, is that they are very pernicious right that um they don't seem cult-like from the outside, and that's how they get you in so just like aliens seem to flock to the Hudson Valley, so too do cults. And there's actually a, a of number right? of cults up in the Hudson Valley, which is fascinating. But today we're going to do a, a dive into a lesser known cult known as the Odyssey Study Group. Well, that sounds like a,
0: a, a nice little group. A nice How, little group. I, right? I want to study.
1: Uh, yeah. And they call themselves the stud, you know, a study group. The study or, group. Or Yeah. And so when, in the last episode, when you kept referring to something, something study group that yeah. all the people were part of, I kept going, Uh-oh. What? But, but that's all they're calling themselves
0: well, then would you say that body by by the end of it though they're not just a study group anymore they're a community <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> that's a community reference folks
1: <laughs>
0: come for the cult stay for the stay for community <laughs> references
1: um yeah this group goes by a number of different names um there's we can talk about it later but there's like several blogs of ex-members and they list like all these crazy names that goes by all like these very innocuous sounding things, including like one was like New York playwrights. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Am I in a cult? Oh God. I just wrote a play. I
0: didn't know that. I didn't know I listed in something.
1: Well, it, it might have something to do with the fact that um, the founder or one of the founders of odyssey study group osg um is someone known as sharon gans sharon gans horn is her full name and she was an actress she just died earlier in like january 2021 she was known for her role primarily um as uh, valencia merble in the 1972 movie version of slaughterhouse Five. Oh. She was born in New York in 1935, grew up in the Bronx, and eventually moved to California, where she attended UCLA Berkeley and graduated in 1959 with a degree in theater. At some point, she marries Alex Horn. No, not Little Alex Horn of Taskmaster fame, if anyone out there is I watching have Taskmaster. No idea what that oh, is. Well, it's a great show with Greg Davies and Alex Horn, two British comedians. Sure, it's fabulous. Sure. Highly recommend. Not that Alex Horn, in case you were worried. This Alex Horn. <laughs> is a playwright and author and together with Gans he runs the Theater of All Possibilities in San Francisco. Now, in 1978, the Theater of All Possibilities was forced to close its San Francisco's doors due to you guessed it, horrible accusations. Yeah. Um uh, there were accusations of physical and financial and verbal abuse of members and also of children. Others said that they were pressured into arranged marriages, beaten for not selling enough tickets to shows, financially ruined because they had to pay for <laughs> classes, $200 a month.
0: I mean, here's the thing. I've run a theater company before.
1: <laughs> Sell the tickets! <laughs> I think Adam increasingly might be in a cult. I'm not really sure. Was might I be a, a cult leader. <laughs> was I in a cult for Am these I, years? Am I a cult leader? Am I? Th- I don't am think I the I'm <laughs>
0: Am I the cult leader?
1: (laughs) I don't think I'm the cult leader. So, uh, an article in the San Francisco Progress, uh, the date was December 22nd, 1978, said that teachers, quote, allegedly issued directives concerning marriage and childbirth and those who do not marry or produce a child within the given time limit, limit are ordered out of the movement. It goes on to say that it has been alleged that at least one, and possibly as many as three, community-type branches are connected with the theater of all possibilities and that the questionable activities involved in the growth process are accelerated at these locations. An allegedly theater run childcare center was also accused of violating health and well-being standards. So it's got some of these components, right? Like it's got it's promising betterment in the form of this community of actors and theater people. And there are all these weird allegations that start trickling out.
0: Which is a really common thing, too, and, that's, and I, I, I happen to, to research a bunch of things on the Nexium one, and a lot of the clientele that got there was also artists, because yeah. artists are very, like, we're very fragile. Like yeah. we Our jobs are literally asking people to like us mm-hmm. and to hire us for something over and over and over and over again. Right. So, you know, I think artists are very, and also, like, they we wear hearts on our sleeve, and I think they're very susceptible to opportunity for betterment.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I I think that's key, too. Right. Like if you think about how Scientology works, it starts out by promising these classes that will help you with very practical things. Right. It's like, you know, managing up at your job and that kind of stuff. And that's something that's happening here, too.
0: I mean, I remember when I was like 17 or 18 and i was in the subway station at times square mm-hmm. and there was a guy with a table out and a weird like d- device yep. and he's like hey just put your hands on here we're gonna see what your stress level is like and i'm like, sure and then he was like talk about this and then like you like play with the knob and it would go mm-hmm. crazy like, oh it's stressing you out i'm like but you just said, no no no, no that's not me it's reading you it's stressing you <laughs> here's a thing called di, di- Dianetics, Dianetics. Yeah. and uh you're real stressed anyway here's some here's some pamphlets I came home with like some pamphlets and my mom's like what is that <laughs> oh no and My was like that's a cult
1: <laughs> get away get away yeah I was warned very early on about it being a cult and uh, I' I remember being really basically what I guess they were getting no business today being begged in a subway as well I think it was Union Union Square um that uh you know to to participate i was like guys i know i'm stressed i i can tell you right now (laughs) i am way stressed so we're good um but yeah so undeterred the, the couple, Alex Horn and uh, Sharon Gans, um, go to New York, where they continue their cultic behaviors and found what would become known as Aussie Study Group in the 1980s. And estimates of how many people are involved is unclear, but the rough guess is about 250 members at any given time over the years. And they, have, they primarily operate out of New York, but they do have a Boston outlet and possibly one in Copenhagen. Randomly. Um. So what do these people believe? How do you get caught in their web? Who are the people who get involved? Uh, To take the easy question first, the people who get involved are truly anyone, right? So we're talking about, like you said, people who are in a moment of transition, who are vulnerable, who are looking for something. Um, So Spencer L. Schneider uh, wrote an article for the East Hampton Star. Uh, and it is eventually going to become part of a memoir that he is currently writing. It's due out this summer. It's entitled Manhattan Cult Story. Um, it's a great title. It's a great title. It's a title. He also has a blog, cultrevolt.com. Good title. He's got good titles. Guy's got titles. Um, and that is also dedicated to chronicling his experiences. And so in the 2019 article, he writes... We were highly educated, skilled professionals living in the city and going about our lives, many of us with spouses, some involved, some not, and children who had no involvement, thank God. We were successful business owners, money managers, investors, scientists, doctors, teachers, heiresses, artists, authors. Savvy people. None of us would have been caught dead in a cult, nor did any of us think we were in a cult exactly. Most of us were recruited when we were going through trying times, hitting roadblocks in our lives, looking for community. A friend or acquaintance invited us to check out an exclusive group that they said was studying philosophical ideas. We told ourselves we were being open-minded. Another ex-cult member who was part of the the, the group for 19 years told the New York Post... For me, I think having a community is one of the biggest things. I think it's a part of the modern condition. We are lonely. I think we are all really lonely. Mm. So the process starts out slow, right? They start feeling you out. Members strike up conversations with people very casually at coffee shops. Um, One person who was part of the Boston outlet, uh, Esther Friedman, uh, said she was approached by someone online at Whole Foods. And eventually you're invited to a class. Members call this school. Going to school, don't like that. Uh, and they'll probably say, like you know, we just said, group of mi- like-minded individuals and friends, just talking about really great ideas and sharing. Um, and what it is is a twice weekly discussion. In this case, of the works of uh, G.I. Gorjiev and P.D. Uspensky, uh, and the philosophy known as the work or fourth. You know, it's a fourth way philosophy. So. Not going to lie, I got very excited when I saw the name Gorjeff because I'm fairly certain I recall Whitley Stryver of Communion fame was or is a fan of some of his work.
0: Whitley Schreiber.
1: Whitley Stryver.
0: When did we talk about Whitley? Was that like, that was our mega crossover? That was our episode?
1: mega crossover. Over. I can't speak. Crossover. Crossover. Um, Whitley Schreiber. Crossover. So, so who the heck is gorjeff gorjeff Was a philosopher of Armenian Greek descent, born in what is today Armenia, uh, between 1866 and 1877. Apparently, we don't know. Um. (laughs) What? He was born someplace. Someplace someplace within a rough period of 10 years. Who is he? A
0: ghost doesn't remember his past?
1: (laughs) Apparently, he spent a good chunk of his youth pursuing studies in Tibet and India and Rome and all sorts of other sacred places. And a core belief of his was that we are all in a state of waking sleep, which prevents us from seeing the world as it really is. According to a 1979 New York Times article, in this state of sleep, a routine habit-filled existence, man cannot find his true essence, his real and permanent I, or if you will, his soul. We are machines, victims of the many divided, illusionary eyes that distract and enslave us – the eye that feels one way and the eye that acts another. But once awake, in Gurdjieff's view, we learn to develop the real and permanent eye that reorders and unifies the psychic functions. So the practical process of achieving this is what would become known as the way or the work. And so really what it means is, you know, it's this idea that it's true for a lot of philosophies, right? You know, the idea of, of unifying mind and body and spirit and into into achieving oneness, essentially, is what they're going for here. Um, however, there's no evidence that Gans ever really studies a fourth way philosophy. I can't speak to fourth way philosophies. I don't fully understand it. Maybe there are legit ones. However Gans gets a hold of this idea It is, it is not practiced as such And you'll see though that a lot of Gurdjieff spinoff groups Are very culty um, So uh, Notably One of these fourth way Spinoff Gurdjieff groups On its website even lists Some notable people that continue this Work of his philosophy and name Alex Horn as one of them so like There's some shady stuff happening getting back to odyssey study group the group the way the the article schneider wrote for the magazine he lists some things that you know he said you know they get you in because it sounds really practical right so there's internal considering which describes the idea of worrying a lot about what other people think of you and it offers solutions to worry less about that um, there's self observation, which is like when you're really upset or in the throes of something, and you step outside of yourself and sort of like, okay, I'm just going to observe what's going on here, which honestly sounds very meditative, right? And then at the end of each month, you're supposed to share a new goal to learn something new in like the ne- next five weeks or something a dance lesson, a language, whatever. And if you want, you can share that new skill with the class. Like it all seems very wholesome and lovely. So at this point, say you've gone to a couple of classes, right? Then one day, you'll assigned a buddy, what is called a sustainer. And according to Schneider, a sustainer acts something like an AA sponsor. This person calls you outside of class, talks to you, wants to know how you're feeling, be really a part of your life. You never learn anything about them, but they want to be a part of your life and support you. Schneider, for example, told his sustainer, this mysterious figure, never knew his last name, never knows his phone number, he tells him everything. And the key is that unbeknownst to you, all of your problems in your life that you're experiencing with your spouse or whoever get reported back to Sharon horn mm. And sometimes, you know, that's forcibly declared, you know, this information gets declared in public. So you always have this start to hang over your head. The school also talks a lot about making essence friends out of your fellow students. So essentially the idea that people are brought together by the idea of the work and not by just common values or life experiences right like your real the real people in your life are these people who understand the work and being part of this essence that you're you're working towards um the other key thing is you're not always allowed to tell other people about this right you you start going to class and you're not you're not encouraged to tell your friends you probably shouldn't tell your spouse but they just won't get it And so if you're wondering what an actual class looks like, here's how one ex-cult member, uh, again, from the Boston location, broke it down. You arrive on time, but you really, truly what that means is you should be there 10 minutes early. Then there's 10 minutes of meditative silence, 30 minutes of body work, like fake tai chi-esque stuff, and then silence. And then you talk until a teacher ends class. So this discussion is heavily moderated, though, right? So the teachers are presenting their ideas for whatever it is about life and the universe. And then if you have something to contribute, you have to stand to indicate as much and then wait to be called upon. And it can be a very long time of you standing there. And there's a real chance that um, you'll be cut off mid-sentence or berated in some way. There's also the opportunity to share problems you're having and get the teacher to give you advice. And we'll talk about some of that crazy advice later. Eventually, the teacher ends class and gives an assignment of some kind, and then you must observe an hour of silence to, quote, seal off any leaks, unquote, of the teaching you'd received. So, like, you're just not supposed to speak for an hour to, like, really make sure you're not letting it slip to anyone what you've been up to. Uh, in fact, the the location that they meet is often, like, unmarked. You can't really find it unless, like, you know the person who's, like, giving you the address to come here. Like, it's God. just very weird. So eventually after participating for enough time, maybe that's a year, maybe that's two, who knows, depends how good you are at doing the work, Um, you might be told that you're given the great honor of doing a third line of work, capital W. The first line of work, for the record, is working on yourself using the ideas learned at the school. The second line of work is working for others, helping other students essentially Believe that they don't know their true selves and are just reflecting, you just need to reflect back to them whatever they're told in school. Whatever, you know, stupid mistakes they've made in their life are really because they're not working hard enough for the school and for its teachings. um And then there's this, the third line of work, which is working for the school. Now, part of that, there's a lot of ways that can pan out. Part of that might mean recruiting for the school, uh, but it can also mean doing construction work. Um, so here's what here's what uh, Schneider said. Schneider says about a year after he started attending school, capital S, he says, according to the work, the only way you can actually experience the benefits of the ideas and take your next step towards evolving was to bring in someone new to school and to take your place so that you could ascend. It wasn't optional. School was going to evolve and you couldn't miss the train. So we were trained by older students to bring in newcomers. It was a system designed to lure and screen a certain type of person. He or she should be in their late 20s or 30s, successful, bright, at a crossroads or place of disappointment in their life. They also had to be able to keep a secret. And then given the need for invisibility, we were only to discuss the existence of school after a lengthy process that would ensure we could trust the person to keep their mouth shut. So members were required to recruit actively, sometimes being pressured to pull in upwards of 50 new recruits a week. Schneider says that he was absolutely putting in at least 20 hours a week trying to do this at museums bookshops subways bars you name it and eventually you spend all this time at school or recruiting for school right which means you're spending less time with your old friends probably less time with your family and come to rely more and more on your essence friends so you're getting isolated right so essentially you're being told that the only real connections to that are meaningful are the people you have at school, that if shit happens in your life, it's really your fa- fault for not doing the work, mm-hmm. capital W. <laughs> so now you're completely dependent on school. You're dependent on this idea that you need to be doing the work more and better and dependent on essence friends and you're isolated. And through this, they are able to get a lot more out of you. But maybe, Adam, let's take a break.
0: Sure. I love how always your breaks are, but maybe we should take a break.
1: Maybe we should. Get...
0: <laughs> nah, it's up to you. You, you. you dictate when we take a break. Would you like break. a break? I mean, I'll take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. See you in a few minutes. <laughs> The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you.
1: That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing.
0: By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more.
1: Head to www.patreon.com slash NYMysteryMachine to find out more and become a patron.
0: That's www.patreon.com slash machine and join our ever-growing community today. If you ever look at our logo, you may notice a cute, furry, black-and-white creature hanging out the window. That's Ted. When he's not hanging out inside the New York Mystery Machine, Ted is enjoying treats from BarkBox.
1: BarkBox is the dog-obsessed company that's devoted to one goal, making dogs happy. It's a monthly subscription, totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your furry friends. BarkBox provides the best products, services, and content for pups and their people. Every box brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys and treats, your first box ships immediately.
0: Plus, BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. If your pup isn't happy with their BarkBox, they'll work to make it right.
1: So, are you ready to spoil your pup with a BarkBox of their very own? If so, head over to www.barkbox.com/nymysterymachine. If you use our exclusive link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox valued at $35 when you sign up for multi-length plans. <coughs>
0: Oh, okay, okay, Tedward. I'll say it again for them. Head to wwwbarkboxcom NY Mystery Machine and get your pup some treats today. Do you hear Somebody scream!
1: that in i think, I I think you're keep keeping that, that in I, keep... I don't know if you guys could hear
0: but there was like some there was some like heavy like bass, <laughs> yeah um like House. techno House. happening yeah. to the, to, 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 the to, to whoever is sharing this wall in the studio <laughs> and it was very prominent now it's gone yeah it may have been a car outside
1: uh it could be it felt like it was pulsing vibrations were coming from next door anyway we're back we're talking about cults talking about the odyssey study group aka the school aka the work aka new york playwrights aka there's there's a whole list i'm, I'm not okay with
0: them being called new york playwrights i'm
1: sorry they call themselves that at one point
0: the work is a great is a great uh the great name let me
1: pull up like the full list of names but the work we is
0: great i like that i like the idea of it like we are the work
1: don't don't do this, Adam. Do not let yourself be pulled in. <laughs> am I going to call it? No, I
0: just want to steal their name. But now I can't because they've, they've they've sullied it. I
1: mean, I feel like that's such a general name that like. But
0: like, because I think what it is is someone's like, oh, no, I got I to gotta, I gotta do the work. No, 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 no. You are the work.
1: Oh, I am like, the work.
0: I am the work. Am. And the work is never done. It's
1: never done. Yeah. Here's the full list of, of names that at least Schneider gives for them. Ready? The work. The study. School. OSG, our friend, our director, S standing for Sharon. Negative emotions, self-remembering, identification, food diagram.
0: What? These are just things. <laughs> These are just. I'm pretty sure. Law of three. Law I'm pretty of sure seven. all the Wikipedia articles got slammed into one, Christina. That's not a real thing. You're just saying words. <laughs> three Sandwich.
1: <laughs> Three-story house. Friction. Partner. Sustainer. Teacher. Student. Second education. Su- is that
0: are those terms from them or is that the name of the group?
1: Um. Yes, and I believe so. Here's what he says. He says, like "We're
0: also referred to as the desk, the stamp, the
1: <laughs> paper,
0: the holy water." I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just saying things that are in my immediate sight because that's apparently what they
1: did. I mean, he has it listed as AKA.
0: There it is. All right, and
1: then continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, second education, esoteric school, school of inner development, being bodies, second conscious shock. Essence Friends, False Personality. Second
0: Conscious Shock. It sounds like a cool bad name. It was a
1: really cool bad name.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. Second Second Conscious conscious Shock. shock. (laughs) 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 Wow. This this podcast got a little off off tracks.
1: Black Book, Boston Philosophy Group, New York Philosophy Group, Month Experiment, Payment, Evolution, Sacred School, Third Story, No Fraternizing, Uh, New York Playwrights, Person I Am Working With, Special friendships, oral tradition, no name, no last names, gossip. Mechanical man would love to know more about that one. Honestly,
0: Mechanical Man. That's a song by the uh, by that band.
1: <laughs> you be aware of a Mechanical Man? Oh, yeah, Second Comstock. Yeah, yeah, that was a, yeah, I mechanical. think that was the name of one their second album or something. It
0: was the second. It was, a, it was a second album named Mechanical Man, which was it. It soared the charts in um in Latvia in, in Latvia. We love we, we love. love Mechanical Man. <laughs> Food for Moon. Another oh God, it's still going. Why is it still going? It can't still be going. This has been a full like five minutes of podcast recording, just saying these names.
1: <laughs> there are a couple more, but I'll. I'll I think I'll end it with um, uh, Courtyard Marriott in Cambridge, which I guess is just their meeting place.
0: That's literally a place. <laughs>
1: I don't think these are all, like, names that they're incorporated under. I think these are all, like, references, like how you can talk to it uh, with other Essence friends. Sure. So, uh, yeah, we're doing the work. So we're going to talk now about some of the ways that Sharon Gans has managed to become deeply meddlesome, meddlesome in people's lives, having already, you know, gotten them into this and completely isolated them from everybody else in their world, right? So, for example, if you have, if you get pregnant, but you already have a kid... Schneider encourages you to either abort the baby, or give the baby to someone else in the school who's unable to conceive.
0: Oh no! You you can't just be giving away babies.
1: Apparently, there are a, 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 one of the the ex ex members knows of at least two people during their time in the cult that like else. it was like interschool adoption. Yeah.
0: Oof.
1: Uh, Sharon coerced divorces, arranged other marriages, made gay men marry women. She she got people married to other people to get hotel rooms together. They obliged because you have to. Um, There's also a fun fact where people are made to endure sleep deprivation and labor for Gans without pay. So, physical labor for the school was considered the best way to evolve. Jesus Christ. Uh, And in fact, you kind of end up paying her for the privilege of doing this, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, But... uh, In the 1990s and 2000s, members were made to work, for example, the whole weekend on a building on Gans' estate in Pauling, upstate New York, um, which involved staying awake for 24 hours at a time. According to one person interviewed by The Post, quote, we would pretty much work around the clock the whole weekend for 48 hours, and I was probably working 100 hours a week, I think at his other job. About six months of that, I learned I had a psychotic break just from the stress. Now, if you're really in the elite circle, you might get to go to the Gans family home in Montana and labor there during the summer. You might be lucky enough to work on construction projects for senior elite students. Um, and in fact, a lot of Gans's wealth, uh, and she w- was very wealthy, uh, she died in a plaza hotel apartment. Jesus. A lot of her wealth is accumulated from the cycle, right? Members labor for free on your property, then she flips the property, sells it at a higher sum, pockets the money. By way of example, gans bought a gorgeous villa in mexico city in 2004 for 310,000. sold it to a student in 2008 for 754,000. dollars rinse and repeat another example robert klein not the stand-up comedian but robert klein who is a manager of osg llc one of the ways they're incorporated i guess um, a study group quote-unquote associated with odyssey per the tax documents transferred his three-bed west village condo to gans in 2006 which gans then sold for three point one million in twenty ten. One website did a fabulous breakdown of like all the costs that come with being a member of this, right? So here we go. Ready to do a math?
0: No, but here we go.
1: Your monthly tuition is between two hundred and four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Most pay four hundred dollars. So let's go with that.
0: So your tuition is so you're at negative four hundred dollars.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so if you tally that up over the course of a year, that's like forty eight hundred a year. Each New York member also pays an additional $85 a month as a maintenance fee, which goes towards the rental costs for the secret locations where you meet. Per person, that means another 1020 annually. If you go on a retreat, and it's highly advisable you go on a retreat to do hard labor for them, um, that's more money, right? So retreats happen frequently. Most members participate in them. Some even go to a monthly retreat at Pauling, New York. So say you do it once a month. That's another $200 per month or 2400 a year. Then there's the annual annual summer retreat in the place in Montana. If you go, you're paying about $80 for the month for the oh no, I'm sorry, you're paying $80 per month year round for property taxes on the place and then $800 to be part of the 10 day retreat. Don't forget you got to fly out there, right? So say that's $650 round trip and another $75 pitched in to cover Sharon's first class airfare. So altogether, that's roughly $2,245 a year. Then there's a $5 monthly retirement fund for Sharon and a $60 a year uh, fee for general storage space. And if you decide to follow the group's strong suggestion that you start taking acting classes from Sharon's friend, that's $200 a month. Or a writing class by another one of her friends, that's $100, maybe a yoga retreat. Say you do a handful of these. All this put together is somewhere between four hundred and nine hundred dollars, and then there are required fees for special classes, like one at Christmas. So, by this math, how much would you f- say you're you're spending right now, Adam?
0: I'm like this is not the real number because like there's so many numbers, but I have at least thirteen thousand.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. At least somewhere between a number of years ago it was estimated between six thousand and ten thousand, but once you start factoring in like all these add-ons, yeah, then you're easily at thirteen thousand a year. Oof so on top of this you have to imagine that if you have kids you're also paying for babysitters like there are all these other things you're paying for as well to to do this including like paying to go places to recruit people that's a lot of money too beyond this there are interesting accusations of racism so a 2002 article and homophobia racism and homophobia a 2002 article in the advocate talks about the fourth way school because there was a movie documentary that Gans made about a theater company going to the country of Georgia to help orphans. And it was actually up for an Academy Award. Uh, And so this raised a bit of a hubbub when people were like, isn't, I've heard that this might be a cult. (laughs) And actually, Oh, the cult, right? (laughs) There was a lot of extra hubbub too, because I think Rosie O'Donnell was apparently the narrator. And then she found out like who was behind. It was like, Oh "Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh
0: no. Oh no, Rosie.
1: Um, so around that time, Rick Ross, a self-proclaimed cult expert, he runs a website that has, like, information about cults and seeking help to get out of a cult. He talked to Jeanette Walls on MSNBC.com and said the following. I receive many complaints about this group. Former members and families complained that the extreme control Sharon Gans has exercised over their lives has caused them enormous personal pain and resulted in numerous divorces and estrangements. I've also been that historically the group excluded black members and will accept gays only if they are interested in changing their sexual preference <clears throat> there's one very bizarre tale from a blogger online another ex-member she tells that she and her husband wanted to have a kid they were thinking of adopting from china or korea and sharon told her not to do this that she should adopt from eastern europe so that they could more easily pass her off as their biological child the woman was confused, and Sharon said that that's the only way anyone in your family is ever going to accept the child. She even made the woman pretend to be pregnant when she went to see her in-laws. She spent apparently a whole weekend trying to pretend that her back was aching and like, oh, you know, just really hurting for pregnancy. And when she next spoke to Sharon, Sharon said that that's not true. I never told you to pretend. Why would you pretend to do that? I don't know how you're going to get out of this one, but you should just pretend to have another miscarriage or something. Oh, you Sharon. There are also again, disturbingly, accusations of child abuse and sexual abuse. And this is in line with the kind of reports that came out of San Francisco in the 70s if you recall. Um, And I should note that it's been really tough to find information in general on the group. There's only a smattering of newspaper articles and and blogs. You know, Most of it's coming out in blogs until Schneider's book is published. And usually it's just in newspaper articles referenced and then like, P.S. accusations of abuse. Um... But one of the comments on a blog reads, my parents were both members of the theater of all possibilities. So this is the San Francisco one. I spent much of my childhood in the hell known as the school. Sharon Gans, Alex Horn, and Robert Klein influenced my parents who beat me. I was beaten on a daily basis, locked in closets, emotionally abused, and told I was worthless. Mm -hmm. I had to help sell tickets for their plays. I had no childhood because of these people. And
0: the the worst part about it all is like the plays were awful probably. (laughs) They were awful like the worst plays ever.
1: I'm pretty sure that there the 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 article in the San Francisco paper that I mentioned earlier starts off by saying I thought after I refer- reviewed that mediocre thing that was going to be end- the end of this but then I got people calling and telling me some real shit that's going on. So let's talk about it.
0: It's not just bad theater. It's also a cult.
1: It's also a cult and real bad.
0: Doing bad theater.
1: (laughs) And so like the thing is, like this is probably the tip of the iceberg if we're getting just these comments of people online looking for other people who have had this kind of experience. Um, But like I said, the group is notoriously elusive. You heard the names. Um, And they go after people who speak out, right? So there are actually um, a number of like I said, blogs that are kind of hard to find, and then they reference other blogs of ex-members, but those blogs have been taken down almost certainly because of lawsuits. At least one blogger that is still up has expressed that that they have been um, the the recipient of being served legal notices, you know, you know, slander and that kind of thing. Um, and it's still very much going on. So there was a New York Post article. Um, from September 24th, 2021 of a new lawsuit that ex-members are levying against the Odyssey Study Group, but I haven't seen any follow-up from that, so mm-hmm. who knows where that stands now. Um uh, Schneider names a number of the current surviving leaders, um Minerva Taylor, Lorraine Imlay, Greg Koch or Coach or Koch, or Koch I'm not sure. Ken Salas, Michael Horn, which is I think um the their son. Mm. Um but yeah, that's the Odyssey Study Group. It's 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 a weird it's it's one of those things where like I don't even really understand what they're being taught well you know what I I, I, and I, I don't think that's the point anyway yeah, yeah you
0: know like as you were reading through like you know I'm familiar with with Nexium that that whole cult situation a through like some research and B like I watched um that HBO mm. documentary the vow
1: yeah. um,
0: which took took through took you through all of that and you know I tell you and I don't want this to be an ad for that but you know when you watch the first episode of The Vow, it's all about this group and all the things they mm-hmm. do. And what happens is, by the end of the episode, you say to yourself, just for a moment, you're like, man, that sounds like a really cool community. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit, that was the point. That's how they get you. And that was the point of the, the first, like yeah. the the the, the, the editors and the directors are so brilliant because they literally make this first episode without um, any sort yeah. of angle against it. All they're doing is like introducing you to this community mm-hmm. And then by the end of the episode, you're like, wow, this actually does sound pretty great. Yeah. And then by episode two, they start telling you all the shit. Right. But they use that first episode to almost, because I think it's so important for people to break down the preconceived notion that you're too smart to fall for a
1: yes, cult. Yes, exactly.
0: I think that's the that's the first thing you have to get through because a lot of really smart, educated yes. people wind up in cults. Yeah. And I remember watching that and just listening to your to this whole story. It's like, yeah, it, it seems like a lot of people either looking for a community, looking for a self-help, looking for a success. I mean, yeah. how often do we find ourselves looking for self-help in different mm-hmm. ways? And some of us find it in therapy and some of us find it in other communities. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you stumble to the wrong community.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's so important that no one is, you know, too smart to be drawn in or yeah. too self or like too, too savvy.
0: Yeah, and I will. Say, yeah, I will say that. Like when you listen to so many of these cults, like you know, knowing the story of Nexium now, listening to this, it's always a lot of those same, like, um, you know, landmarks yeah. and and all of them, like things that you can clearly recognize. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you're being sold this thing to make you better, ah. and but there are very heavy rules of how you live your life,
1: yeah.
0: and that it's more. Structure in your everyday life that's being thrown on on top of you, mm-hmm. rather than things that are supposed to be making you yeah. better. And also this the idea of coercion, where like
1: yeah. and but, isolation, getting you away from family and friends. Yes, I think is really key.
0: And that I mean, and it's a really it's a big. I mean, that's a that's a tool. That's a famous podcast that was made into an Apple TV special, The Shrink Next Door. Right, that idea of someone you put your trust in manipulates you yeah. to push away friends and family and then yeah. you're isolated once you're alone they got you right exactly so i think that's a, a big piece of it as well yeah i think the end the biggest the biggest misconceived notion is that um you're too smart for a cult yeah. because brilliant people have wound up in cults before yeah.
1: and it's easy to make fun of someone who's been in a cult and we so, shouldn't yeah because and,
0: and yeah we make that so often we make jokes about like people yeah. who fall for cult but it's like no like it's a real thing, yeah. you know, and 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 it, I think it's important. Like you had said to to identify, then you am you know, we're gonna share that list on social media too of yeah. things to identify because, like, you know, these are still I mean, these are still happening. Mm-hmm. You know, we we hear things like Charles Manson as mm-hmm. cult, right? Right, and immediately like Charles Manson, the murder, like, but that's not all cults, right? Cult aren't all about murder. Um that one was. Right. And there have been other ones that are, but other ones are just about, you know, giving time, money, resources mm-hmm. to to people who can get it for free exactly it's
1: like a pyramid scheme in a lot yeah. of ways you know i mean it's, it's that it's idea very recruiting py- recruiting people in so that you can
0: move you up can elevate and that was the same thing. i remember too watching that you yeah, know again i think we're gonna take in, in season two i'm gonna take a deep dive into nexium too because yeah. it's a lot of information um the that was also coming out with a second season so i kind of want to watch that to also incorporate into my research mm-hmm. but um but yeah that was that whole thing too like you extend it into another level into another mm-hmm. level into another level it's all about it's only like, almost like leveling up in this yeah. game
1: it's like and again to bring back scientology which is like the one that i always think of um you know uh what's her face has the um the the documentary on i think it's who or netflix the actress i'm forgetting her name anyway it's great and it's, it's oh um leah thank you remini Remini. um and it, it goes through all these average people's stories and it's it's the same pattern over and over and,
0: and so sometimes these things manifest as cults but other just as toxic people in your life too
1: right you- cults are abusive relationships of toxic abusive relationships yeah. writ large right like for an entire group yeah um, but yeah we'll post we'll post the, the sort of checklist of things to be on the lookout for we'll post um, we can post some some you know there there are organizations out there yeah that, we'll definitely post those yeah out, like, like resources, resources. 'Cause
0: like, you know, it's also
1: it's a PSA. <laughs> you know,
0: it's also it, just like um people who struggle with addiction, yeah. it's it's sometimes it's not an easy way out. Like you right. you, you you need an extra yeah. hand to pull you out of there. You need support on the other side to be like, Oh no, you don't need that. That's yeah. not what you need in your life. And so, right. um yeah. So if you are listening to this and and, and and you're in that kind of realm, you know.
1: Or know someone who is.
0: You know, please um help them. Yeah, if you know, yeah, I think that's a big thing too. I I think so often it's hard to reach people. Um yeah. who 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 may perceive to be unreachable at one moment but i think it's important to uh to keep yeah to keep, keep fighting, fighting to do that so thank you for that story
1: you're you're welcome
0: that was interesting i mean i haven't we, this is our first cult
1: their first cult
0: um and when you were like hey can we do cults? like yeah yeah totally that's very true crimey um <laughs> let's let's talk about them yeah. um and so yeah that was really interesting well, there you have it. There you have it. As always, please like, subscribe, rate, review. Um, you can rate or review on the iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, and please sure to write some words, um, five star reviews, and, and nice
1: words, preferably. And uh, you may
0: be entered to be our listener of the month, which we have to eventually do, um, as well as. Um, you can now rate on Spotify. Just give us five stars on Spotify. We appreciate that as well. And follow us on all social medias at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram, and Facebook at NY Mysteries on Twitter. And um, we're back. We're back next week. Come March. Come March. Brand, March. March. With a brand new, uh, brand new episode here on the New York Mystery Machine. Thanks for thanks for taking a ride along the the New York Mystery Machine.
1: Tommy Hall. But for ghosts.
0: But for ghosts and cults. And cults. We'll see you next time.